Hello, this is Clementine from Visions of Atlantis and you're watching CMS TV. Exactly. Right. But no, I've, uh, I've been, you know, I got a million things in the air. I'm, uh, it, it's come up recently that I haven't, um, I haven't performed live music in a while, which was sort of, um, it started as a hobby and then it just became a thing that I did on, you know, on top of other stuff I do in the real world. But I haven't, uh, I, I used to perform a solo acoustic show. Gosh, when I lived in the Lafayette area, I was doing stuff five, six nights a week, um, and then relocating from there back to back to my hometown here. Um, a few years ago, it was uh, it, it's just something I, I had to start all over with working your way into venues and stuff. And I didn't work it too hard. I was working in a place, sort of a uh, entertainment and bar manager, where I made more than the bands we booked. So you know it what well, i got to see a lot of local bands and and i would do a couple of shows i guess a year it kind of devolved to that so i haven't been doing it a lot but um during covid i did a lot of live streaming i started a bunch of peers were doing it uh you know nobody could gig all the bars and the restaurants and places to play were closed and when they reopened they did not have live music for a while so there were a lot of uh floundering local musicians i guess floundering economically uh and they uh they took to live streaming and i kind of waited a while and i did it just because i had the facilities to do it um and it turned out to be really cool i will say profit wise i i, I guess in tips and such that i garnered with the first live stream i did it was more than like any gig that i'd done <laughs> you know i get competitive grades you know you get you know what everybody else gets if you can you know bring in and and keep an entertaining crowd. So to that, um, one of the things I always wanted to do, and I hadn't been able to do it yet, just for whatever reason, was uh, I, once in a while I'll work in some forgotten classic metal songs in the, into my set. I don't do it a lot because it confuses people and you're trying to play to the crowd, so you have to play the, you know, the stuff that they want to hear. I don't always get a hardcore you know, classic metal crowd at my gigs, I have a few times and those times that I do, I start whipping out the old, you know, the old classic metal songs that I have in my repertoire and I have a lot of obscure ones. I have used them on occasion when I've, someone asked me to play an original and I don't have any original music. I've never written a song. It's not, you know, it's a craft and an art and it's something I haven't tapped into yet. Um, you know, I'm not there. I'm just trying to, you know, entertain myself as much as I am entertaining a crowd so um but i never did a full just full-on classic metal set list doing it solo acoustic originally when i first started playing solo acoustic music that was a little over a decade ago uh i was that was my goal in the first place it was just to do that kind of stuff and entertain myself it just became something that started to become profitable as long as i performed you know, to the crowd and the people that were there, or, or I was bringing in the songs that they wanted to hear. So it's very, um, I guess my, my repertoire is 
very broad, very broad spectrum of different kinds of music. Um, so I, I'd made a kind of a point that at some point I was going to live stream just me playing these old classic metal songs. So I think I'm probably going to do that later the, tonight. And it just popped in my head. It's like the time, the place. I've got my equipment set up. Um, I did some test videos the other night to see how it would, you know, look and sound. And I'm like, that's cool. Let's do this because I'm not going to get to, do, I don't gig a lot anymore. It's just, uh, you know, I've got other things going on. Um, got a little bored with the, uh, the booking process, you know, and, and the places that I, I do frequently play are quite far away. Um, from when I lived, say, in the Lafayette market, I still get, uh, you know, gig offers to go down there and play. But that's a that's a lot of planning. That's got to be like a mini vacation. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going down there and, you know, having to line up two or three things in a row and just stay down there, uh, you know, to make it worth it. So, so I don't do it a lot. It just seemed like a fun thing to do. I wanted to let some people know because, you know, even I'm probably going to um, just – cast it on Facebook and then I'll have that the recorded stream to do other things with, you know, I can, you know, cut it up and post clips on YouTube or whatever. But um, you know, I thought it'd be fun. Um it may be horrifying. You know, I may end up <laughs> <laughs> closing down my Facebook page. And- <laughs> so what where where would people go to to um what the what is the Facebook page? My my personal Facebook page is uh just Facebook dot com slash j s a q u i so j saki that would be uh how to find me and it should be visible to those who aren't even aren't friends with me but you can friend request me you know i don't do a lot with facebook anymore sure uh, it's a good platform i use messenger a lot and it's uh it's a good platform for you know keeping in touch i guess with tertiary people uh I use Snapchat for, I guess, more messaging too, because I know, you know a lot of people, a lot of younger people that just use that over texting and, you know, other, uh, uh, other platforms of communication. So I don't, I don't know, man, you kept me, you kept me filled with great recipes for the last two years. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I was I did with it. I was sad to see that end. I loved your recipes. You know, nothing is over. You know, even when it look at like Molly Crew or, uh, you know, how many times is, uh, you know, Wasp retired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too funny, man. So, dude, when, when, when you go out and you gig for people, what do they want to hear? Is it all aha and Mr. Mr. Or is it, <laughs> is it Springsteen? I mean, what, what is it that people want to hear you do? It is so random. You have to be like a human jukebox. You really do. You have to go from playing a, like a Garth Brooks song to a Patti LaBelle song to a, a you know, a Duran Duran song. And then like a, you know, somebody will want to hear some Nickelback or something, some Alice in Chains. I get a lot of requests for it. You kind of gravitate towards a certain genre and feel, I guess, when you're playing out. And a lot of it's reading the crowd. Um, you know, if they're digging it, it's cool. If they're not, they usually let you know. Um, <laughs> you know, and it can be tough, especially solo acoustic. You don't have a band to, you know, with a couple other guys on stage to kind of unify and back you up if you get a heckler. You know, you're, you're all on your own. But um, I think I've handled it all 
pretty well. Uh, you know, you got to play your prerequisites. Oh, a Tennessee whiskey is like the new wagon wheel, which was the new brown eyed girl when Hootie did that song. Whatever. <laughs> You know, and your sweet Carolines, there's always going to want to be people to hear that, your Mustang Sally and that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, they are crowd pleasers, you know. You can't argue with, uh, uh, you know, a dance crowd if that's what they want to hear and that gets them out of their seats, you know. They're buying drinks, the bar's happy, you know. You sometimes, rarely, but sometimes they'll throw you extra cash to play longer and keep the crowd going, you know. That's always cool when that happens. Well, you and I had uh, dinner uh, on a Sunday night back, I believe it was back in January or February. Was it that long ago? Yeah. snow on the ground. Yeah, it was, it was still cold outside, but, uh, you know, you and I met up at one of my favorite places downtown uh, Valpo here at the Radius. And, Radius. Uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, they, they had had some live musicians in there and, and uh, you know, you, you were uh, indicating that, uh, you know, some of the people who kind of dominated the circuit, as it were, uh, you, you know, a guy trying to get his foot in the door might have had a difficult time. And, you know, I, I kind of know those people down there a little bit. And I mentioned the fact that uh, you do the live thing and go and they said, oh, yeah, well, we don't do that anymore because we were actually losing money because people were coming in and they would dominate the tables and chairs and stuff and then they'd never leave right and then they wouldn't order anything they would just sit there just to listen to the guy play mm-hmm. and then the, you know the tables didn't turn over and people didn't leave and they weren't you know they'd order their initial drink or their food and that's it that's where it ended and they'd sit there until the guy was finished doing the show and it's like well there's were people waiting to get in or have a seat or something and couldn't do it because the people wouldn't leave right <laughs> generally when i've done stuff you know looking at the economics of it and how it works when i've done live performances it's usually at the end of like when their dinner crowd is finishing up and they're trying to turn that into a drinking crowd keep them there buying drinks and hanging out if they're going to hang out they should at least you know buy some drinks and generally they do they'll keep sipping beers for a couple hours if you're you know if they're entertained um you know and that's part of uh you know, keeping, keeping that crowd, but, uh, you know, they gotta be drinkers. That does reflect on sometimes on the performer, uh, that, you know, they bring in people that don't spend money, you know, <laughs> that's a reputation fair or unfair. Uh, it's a reputation that can follow you around, you know, so it's kind of a bullshit excuse for a restaurant though, especially if they have TVs, because I'm assuming the radius has TVs. Yeah, no? it's like a sport and, bar. Yeah, and Lord knows if they got a football game on, people are sitting for three hours without turning over anything other than a a five pack of cheese sticks and two beers. You know, it's the same thing, but they but they don't treat the performers the same as right. they do their TV market. They have to pay the performers, though. So, you know. Yeah, but still. Maybe in there. I mean. It's roughly when I, you know, I, I had peers that guided me, I guess, when I first started doing this, they were very encouraging. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have, you know, done it beyond just the, you know, local open mic circuit, you know, but to actually, um, you know, get paid to do it. They, you know, and they, they always ask when you're booking a new place, you know, what do you charge? And then peers all told me, you know, start, ask about, for about $50 an hour. You do any anything less than that, you're gonna fuck it up for everybody else. So you know, start at that. 
you know, that's cool. And I, okay. I don't want undercharge. And then all of a sudden we get booked all these places and how's he getting, Oh, you place for 20 bucks or whatever. And, <laughs> right. You know, but that's a good place to start. And I think the most I've ever been paid for doing, you know, any big 700, I think, oh. which was nice. You know, it was, I think five hours I had to take breaks and, uh, you know, it was a the ten ninety nine me. It was at a bar at an amusement park, you know, of all things. But you know, big corporate check and all that. It was nice though. They treated me good. You know, and, and as a solo acoustic performer, it's uh, you know, again, you, you don't have there's a lot of advantages. You're very nimble. It doesn't take forever to set up. You don't need a big sound check. You know, I can carry everything in from the trunk of my car to in like one trip. You know, maybe two. Well, you you've performed here in the studio for us a few times. You know, know. That, that was way back when you were, you know, kind of starting off. I don't ever want to hear those ever. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we, we, we we enjoyed it. I, I thought it was torturous. fun. <laughs> I feel like I've evolved. Uh, definitely, there's an evolution, and I'd been, you know, again when I first started doing it, it was really just for fun, just to entertain myself, and you know the ridiculousness of it almost, but. uh you know, just having kept at it, you know, well, maybe there's something here. You get a lot of encouragement. Um, you know, money doesn't lie. You start getting, you know, compensated for your your uh, entertainment value and, you know, economic advantage to whoever it is that's investing in you. Um, so I guess, you know, in the, in, in the long run of it, you, you just uh, get better at it, you know. You just keep doing it. Um, and it's like working out, I guess, or, or uh, masturbating. Yeah, I don't know that I ever got better at that. You just get quicker at masturbating. Come on. You don't get better. You just get faster. <laughs> get it over with. So That's right. Hey. right. You, you minimize the shame by getting quicker. <laughs> yeah. That was like, it's like an itch. That you never yeah. So anyway, that's that's what I'm doing. I just I don't do it a lot. It's been, uh, you know, I'm not that aggressive with booking. You know, I might do. I've had some ideas of doing things that would be a multi-person project. You know, and again, I'm still just fo focusing on local entertainment, being a cover band or cover artist or whatever. I don't have an original thought in my head, and you know, original artists, unfortunately, especially around here in this kind of market don't make any money. You don't get paid. Nobody wants to hear it. They want to hear their brown eyed girl and, you know, Mustang Sally and whatever, you know, and then all the random stuff that people yell out, you know, played Xanadu by Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Where did that come from? You know, but you know, I may have, you know, it may not be performed well, but somewhere in my memory archives, I can probably, you know, turn out some pretty weird stuff just because I kind of know it, or maybe I learned how to play it on guitar once and it's still in there like a rush song or something. I've, you know, I pulled out a couple of those that, you know, nobody else might get it, but that one person who asked for it really wanted to hear it. They're just happy as shit. You can tell <laughs> they're happy as shit. And, that's and then you they're... go to my, my tip jar is right over here. Right. That's how it translates. They're, they're, they're the ones putting like the 50 in your tip jar and stuff. And I'm like, well, cool. I'm glad I knew that rush song, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. But then you get the other asshole sitting in the corner. It's like, that was all right, but it, it needs the three part harmony. Otherwise it doesn't really sound like rush. 
It's like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, part of they gotta understand you're one guy by yourself. And I, you know, I do some live sampling. Uh, you know, so I'm using a loop station. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll lay some beats down with it, you know, by pumping on the guitar or whatever, just to I try to keep it organic. Um I'll use a click sometimes to build on top of in a live environment where it's pretty fast paced. There's a big crowd, maybe difficult to you know, concentrate because they're yelling, play some Mustang Sally, whatever. <laughs> well, you're today's Howard Jones. <laughs> I guess. Or Ron Keel. Ron Keel does that. Yeah, he does a lot of that. Does he? Yeah. Well, we had Ron Keel at my pinball place. He came out and played, and he had that, I don't know what that devices but whatever it was where he could like lay in a couple of beats and then it would yeah. loop and then and then he would lay in like a, a backing vocal and then he would hit that and then he would just push a button or something when it came down to the the right to rock and it sounded like 15 people singing it and stuff that's that's what i do maybe not to ron keel's level it's pretty funny one of the uh songs that was on my uh you know must do list and and i did a oh i guess a demo the other night i when i did doing some test video just to see how it would look and sound uh was a keel song i did oh, yeah. that song once before at gosh it had to be five years ago four or five years ago it was a really random uh hole in the wall bar and somebody was just i was playing all these goofy like a quiet riot and uh i think i threw in a crocus song or something just really random stuff that you would have had to really have been in that into that music at some point point in your life if it wasn't during the time of the heyday you know maybe uh you know afterwards but i discovered all this and really knew your you know your lizzie bordens and your black and blues and uh you know the king cobras in there so so there is a kill song because i did it that night and somebody posted about it on facebook and i said something i think i tagged ron keel and he's like oh it should be video of that you know? <laughs> so uh you know, he wanted to know which Keel song I did. So uh, I'm going to have to throw that into the mix with it. That one is a definite, you know, will make an appearance. So well, that kind of crap. <laughs> I'm going to be playing Keel and King Cobra and, you know, maybe some Killer Dwarfs, whatever else. And then I'll have it on video. I've got a good video demo, some things I can cut it up, you know, or individual things. Or I just retire from doing it. And that's my swan song and <laughs> gift to all of the uh, music kind, you know? Well, if you do a live stream, uh, will, will you do requests? If like somebody throws something in your tip jar, if you do like a live stream, like on a YouTube or something, or, you know, throw a, you know, throw $5 your way or something like oh, that. Yeah, if you, well, you'll, you know, is it, is your live stream going to be an interactive thing where people can actually uh, request a song or, you know, I'll try to monitor it. That's the difficult part playing and monitoring the uh, live stream. So I'll have to take a little, you know, a little break. Sorry, check the, uh, check the messages and go from there. Do the super chat, the super chat. Yeah. yeah. Do the super chats on YouTube. If they give five bucks, they get a three minute song. If they do 10 bucks, they get a five minute song or whatever. I thought about doing just just playing one song, and it'd be the one request that you, every every performer, band, whatever that you know works a bar circuit or deals with that kind of element that's going to yell out the most random stuff. And then somebody always thinks they're funny yelling out "Freebird," and I thought, you know, I could live stream. It could end up being the world's longest recorded version. <laughs> 
of Freebird and I will play it for, you know, 48 hours straight. I'll just stay up and do it. And people can tip me to stop playing it. <laughs> or they could just click off. Yeah. They, yeah. they could you be know. cheapskates and just click off. This doesn't need to happen. Right. You just tell them I need, I have to make 20 bucks to go another five minutes. And just keep on going and keep on doing that solo until it stops. And next thing you know, you got $800 in the, in the kitty. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, that would be nice. You know, not expecting that. And it's, you know, it's for the love of doing it more than it is gaining, you know, gaining income or whatever. But, uh, you know, online donations and tips are, are you know, are, are appreciated. Do that or I'm going to have to start, you know, an OnlyFans site. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well you're gonna play in your underwear or something some weird like that it's only only fan not fans plural there'd be, be just one fan. only fan probably, probably my mom nice. my mom will support me with that very cool well dude obviously man uh you know for most people know you uh you were spawned from the world of metal sludge and oh. now there's eight zillion sites out there trying to do what you guys did all those years ago what do you think when you see all these sites now that are trying to be edgy and you know all clickbaity and stuff like that is it is it a a, does it come off as like a tribute to what you guys did or do you look at it and go these guys are fucking pathetic i don't i don't even look at anything like that i don't know okay anything that i've seen you know what i get all my info mostly from you guys Oh, nice. <laughs> and on via YouTube, because I it seemed to stream a lot of stuff and, and you know, and just make playlists. I've got, you know, Chromecast, I've got a big screen projector thing in my, my living room. It's, you know, it's pretty cool to watch stuff. But uh, even as I just, you know, move about my day when I'm home, you know, I'll have, uh, I'll have you guys on just in the background. I'll be listening to it. Sometimes I find myself just staring at the floor, just laughing my ass off at some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're funny guys, all right. Yeah, we're hilarious. <laughs> and very, very poignant, you know. I, like, I will never get married again without a prenuptial after <laughs> stories. Well, I, I have a feeling that we didn't have to tell you that one. Oh, I figured it out on my own, but, you know. You could have told me. <laughs> hey, I didn't learn either. Who, who are we kidding? I was 25 years in a shit marriage, dude. So uh, all your info was was, uh, was you know relatable. But if I heard it maybe three, four years ago, it would have been even better. <laughs> <laughs> you needed to hear that to know better. No, you know. Sometimes you think you don't don't think with your eyes. You think with your you know dick. Other- <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Well, anyway, uh, so so uh, aside from that, I mean, obviously, you've been kicking around. I mean, I've known you for close to 20 years or maybe even a little longer than 20 years, actually, because I knew you before I knew you. I knew right. you before I actually met you or knew who you were. You're but still in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did the Metal Sludge Song of the Week on the Classic right. Metal Show when I was still on uh, FM radio and you know, uh, Metal Sludge was obviously uh, very new to the scene as well, and everybody wanted to jump on board. And I thought, well, I got a radio show; I could use a little promotion for that. And so, let's do a little little barter here. I'll do the cla- the um, the Metal Sludge song of the week. You guys can pick it, and I'll play it and promote the site. And you guys would promote me, and that's how it all worked out. That's it. That's how I know of you. 
I might not even know of you if it weren't for metal sludge. <laughs> right. Imagine that. Yeah. So uh, when when they changed the metal sludge PO box to a Gary Indiana address, I go, okay, who's in this area? I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. Yep. About that, it was so long ago. You know, I'm still recovering from that absinthe binge that I did in the Millennium <laughs> Year, <laughs> and I just can't. You know, some some details are fuzzy about anything that happened before then, and that was, you know. Oh, that's after it. Yeah, it's not been right since. I remember when that happened. That was like oh, oh two, be something like that. Who's in Gary? That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it moved around, and it was in like St. Paul, Minnesota before that. I think it might have been somewhere just before that. They had a couple of different, you know, PO boxes where you know I I I assume the way. It, Everything worked hypothetically that, you know, there'd be a P.O. box at one place and somebody would get it and repackage it and send it to another P.O. box. And then that P.O. box would be, you know, sometimes they send it to one. It was a forwarding address. Right? Yeah. They actually had somebody go through it because there was a lot of crap sent to, you know, I mean, you only have so many demos from some unsigned band that they keep sending the same thing, wanting to be the feature in the rock on the pine section or whatever you know pick us pick us pick us right i think if you pester them enough that you know hey fine doesn't work that way i learned that trying to book gigs you can't pester somebody you know too much and expect ever you know play in their venue sometimes they'll book you just to uh you know get you stop bothering them but Well, when we had you in here uh, a couple years ago, you had stopped in and you you were basically telling a lot of metal sludge stories. And, you know, I know you've had your uh, ins and outs with Stevie Rochelle and he had heard the segment that you did uh, when you hear and he was uh, very complimentary of you and and the, uh, you know, the, the stories that you told and your involvement and so on and so forth. And you know, he uh, was pretty pleased with your appearance here and, you know, all the all the memories that you shared with us, uh, you know, during your time working with Metal Sludge. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, it really defined a, a time, you know, a time and space. And anybody who was a fan of that site and, you know, the controversy that it stirred up and, you know, uh, both Chris and I were pretty involved with that, you know. Yeah as uh, the 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 cc deville debacle that i was personally involved with consumed a couple of weeks worth of metal slush stuff so so that was right. a lot of fun i mean you know the stories that metal sludge reported on just kind of wrote themselves they really didn't have to do a lot except you know report on it and just just highlight it some of the ridiculousness that Went on. I, I get the whole premise of it. It was what the late, you know, '90s, so let's say '98, I guess, and '98 uh, going into '99, and and the, you know, the bands that were had their heyday about a decade before. So all your, you know, MTV, you know, uh, headbangers, ball bands, and and uh, you know, Z Rock bands or whatever, whatever we want to call them. They uh, right. they're still out there. They're still trying. They're on the circuit. They're still playing music. People come out to their shows, but they've scaled down, you know, from arenas, the sheds, to, you know, theaters, to 
casinos. Yeah, that's, and then even down from there, now they're playing in bars. They're playing in the same kind of places I'm booking gigs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're playing, you know, you know, they they're playing to their fans. Some of them still sound good and do a good job, but the the pomposity, I guess, and the, the rock star, um, you know, mental trappings, I guess. Some some performers, some bands, they just they didn't let that go, so they're still acting with an air about them, like, like sure. 1988, and that's what metal sludge, you know, uh, you know, they could highlight without trying or just the. You know some of the pomposity and the ridiculousness of uh you know the the way the quote-unquote stars were were acting when they're you know they're not keeping it real they, you know, we know they're traveling around in a van instead of a tour bus you know sure. they're playing you know their their green room is the the you know the back of the kitchen at the venue that they're playing at <laughs> <laughs> where the staff hangs out <laughs> yeah the pro the problem that they have now is that there's cameras everywhere. I think that's that's one of the the unique things about metal sludge was it happened just before the technology made it impossible to happen. You could never do something like that now because every dickhead with a phone captures every. I mean, you. I'm sure you remember the big thing with Janie cooking, and yep. one one photo of Janie cooking was gigantic news that, oh, he's fallen. He's now a chef at a bar or whatever, <laughs> you know, and now you, you could never have that now because if anybody, if anybody shows up at their gig or something, you know, 90% of these guys are out, you know, working DoorDash or whatever, you know, if they show up at your house delivering a pizza, there's somebody with a phone to take a picture of it. And it's, it's, it's not even news anymore. Hey, aren't you Eric Turner from Warrant? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for Papa John's. That's great. Hold on, we got to get the camera. How do you get the kids? Yeah. <laughs> Wake them up. <laughs> Eric she, Turner's delivering our pizza. Be, he can sing the song. Here's your pizza pie, <laughs> full of pepperoni. What a sweet old pie. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like, you know, thinking about inhaling the exhaust from a still running car. That sounds mm. so where it's come to. Yeah. Well, the ironic thing though, dude, is those bands are still making a shit ton of money. They are. The casino, the casino circuit. I know they pay bank. And they, they pay big. Yeah. You know, why not? You know? Well, it, it's it's always amazing to me when I hear that I don't know, band X and and, and I'm not even talking about the majors. I'm talking about the the second tier bands, the tricksters or whatever, going out and making like ten G's or something to play a gig, and I'm like ten thousand dollars for trickster. I wouldn't have paid that when Give It to Me Good oh. or whatever was was a hit. Definitely not. What about those like Monsters of Rock cruises? I mean, there's a ton of those bands, and it seems like that's the only time they even play. They do it like once a year on this cruise, yeah. which doesn't sound like a bad gig. I mean, I assume that that's not their main income stream anymore. I mean, you never know, but I mean, people do other things, you know, there's mm -hmm. a, definitely a ceiling, I guess, as a player in a, you know, a C-list hair metal band that's still 
Well, your retro circuit. Well, your boys from Killer Dwarfs are playing out in St. Charles they tonight. They are opening for Graham Bonnet. Yeah, they're playing in St. Charles tonight uh, with the Graham Bonnet band. I did see that. Yeah. Graham Bonnet. How old is Graham Bonnet? 108. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's got to be. <laughs> and he looks it. He's he's pushing the uh, Gordon Lightfoot button there. He's oh, he's way old. You know, he was old when I was a kid. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Graham Bonnet was <laughs> old in the seventies, right? Great so, singer, sounds good. Sure, looks like Vic Dan- Dick Van Dyke, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> nice reference. He's still kicking it. You know, he's <clears throat> like ninety six. And he's still making, he's still doing YouTube videos and stuff. Reading letters. This is a letter <laughs> Rudy wrote to me in 1951. I got to read it to you. I just found it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, uh, are you still in contact with Russ Dwarf? I, I am with the Dwarfs. I don't, you know, as much. You know, we've all got real life. They've got their thing, you know. They, if, they're, if they're coming to town, you know. We'll, we'll talk, but like even St. Charles is a bit of a haul. Yeah, it's 100 miles from here. You know, if I could have made it happen, I, you know, I would have, but you know. But you had a gig here. I do. I had to be here, <laughs> move heaven and earth to be here at a, on the classic metal show. Right, right, right. We trumped the killer dwarfs. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, hopefully they play uh, a headlining gig at some point that's not horribly far with some notice that I can plan for, you know, and go out and see them. I, I saw them in Bolingbrook and want to say it was after my daughter was born. So I want to say it might've been, um, had to be after 2000, yeah, 2016, maybe. Okay. Uh, they played in, in, uh, in Bolingbrook and I went to see them. I bet maybe the last show that I went to was either that or Glenn Hughes in Chicago. I saw those are last two live shows I've been doing way before COVID. It's just something that uh, I, you know, it's not even economically or, or time wise or, or, you know, family responsibilities or anything. It's just uh, a lot of it's planning, you know, a real, it's a really a commitment to travel anymore. It used to be like, oh, we're get in the car and go to Palatine with Wendell. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go see jamie st james front warrant and like oh i can't miss that yeah well, we, we we used to we used to run around a bit and and go to shows and hang out and you know we especially if chips enough was around i mean we we're chips we're, we're, we're good, good we're good buddies with chip chip was definitely a good hookup you know always got to go to pretty much any enough enough show with very little uh Harassment by security. <laughs> well, well, Chris, uh, Chris uh, recently interviewed a uh, local boy, uh, Troy Patrick Farrell. Oh, I did Troy Griffith? I saw his brother a couple of weeks ago. Brother Sean Michael Farrell. They all have a middle name. Some Irish. <laughs> <laughs> They're all three named like serial killers. <laughs> another brother too. I think he. I think he's a chef. Yeah, Think- Troy was good. He was fun. He was. He did try to bust my balls on on White Lion because I said I was a White Lion fan, and he immediately was like, "Well, why why aren't you still?" I was like, "Easy, dude. I don't know. Maybe because they're not a band anymore. I don't know." Mike Tramp's White Lion. Yeah, but I don't think he even calls it that anymore. I think he's just now White Mike Tramp. 
I don't think he calls it. I think he does Mike Tramp doing the songs of White Lion now. He finds a way to mix it in, but I don't think he calls it White Lion anymore. I had a gig offer in Lafayette, believe it or not, to open for Mike Tramp. They wanted me to do it. It would have been super cool. And then Mike, like, I don't know, whatever negotiations they were in, they had fell through. And he was driving around in a band doing, you know, bar gigs, basically solo acoustic, you know. And they're like, yeah, I'll have you open for Mike. And I'm like, well, that would be cool. You yeah. know, that's kind of genre filling, you know. And I, I don't think they thought they could, you know, whatever he wanted, you know, to do it. Uh, you know, even a fill-in date. It was a fill-in date, you know, in between, like, two or three other gigs, you know, that he's got in the area with a few days off that, you know, he just needs to fill it in. So, um, you know, well, you, you'll you take and, what you can get then, yeah. I guess. But, you, you and I went to see Mike Tramp together just up the street here at ben, right. ben Willie's. See, if it's in town, <laughs> we're likely to go to the show. <laughs> I mean, it, it, he literally played a place that I could see the roof from out my window here. Oh, wow. Definitely That's how could. close he could. He was up the street here. This that was boy. What was that like? Two thousand and ten or something? Maybe even before then. It had to be. Before it's like two thousand and seven. I don't know. I think I might have still been sending captures in the metal sludge then. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> Late fire or something. Yeah, summer I know. It was. It's been a while. It's been a while. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I don't know. There's, you know, and the, the little Hobart Art Theater that's one town over has had some pretty good, you know, national acts that I would I would go dig seeing. I mean, they have a Buck Cherry play there not long ago, and they had um, Ingve Malmsteen was there last, I don't know, last winter sometime. Um, and that was not very far. That was, what, a 10, 15-minute drive from, from this town over. Um, you know, and I... I I either worked or, you know, had other obligations or whatever, but it was like, yeah, maybe I'll go see Ingve. That'd be, that would have to be one of those things where I'm unexpectedly like kid free for the night. Um, <laughs> I got nothing going on. I'm off work. I'm, you know, just no other plans. I'm like, Hey, maybe I'll go see Ingve. I'd have to be really to do that. There's, you know, I can always find something to clean or organize or, you know, repackage or I'll go through my bank statements or, file receipts or anything I can do. And then if all that's done, you know, maybe I'll go see Ingve. <laughs> Motivation is hard, you know. Well, I, I spend all my evenings kid-free. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's different. I have uh, I, my child part-time, so I do have, you know, time out. Uh, I usually plan to, you know, I, I work in the evenings, so I can work when I don't have her. But, you know, sometimes... You know, I got to be flexible with that. Sometimes I have her unplanned, and sometimes I don't have her, which is something I didn't plan. You know? <laughs> kids aren't the problem, Neely. Kids are not the problem. It's it's the makers of the kids that are the problem. Right, right. <laughs> you know, kids are all right. They're just doing whatever. You know, I mean, I assume it's all ages. I might have my kid, hey, what do you want to do tonight? <laughs> Let's go see Ingvang Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Is he a YouTuber? <laughs> She'd put on, you know, earphones and, or, you know, can I bring my phone? She's sitting there on her phone during it, you know, <laughs> with earphones. I don't know. I'd take her to see Weird Al. I think she could handle that. Yeah. yeah. He's not doing too much right now, as far as I understand. He's just not, you know, not 
touring very much. He'll do some one-offs, but he did some a couple of years ago. You know, mm-hmm. I took my sons to see Weird Al when they were uh, eh, teenagers, young, younger teenagers, preteens, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, it was a surprise to them. They didn't even know we were going, and I had just happened to get uh, front row seats at this place. You know, and and uh, it was a this Star Plaza Theater in, in Maryville. I just you know, got the tickets last minute. Got these great seats. Took these kids, you know, after school, like, get in the car. Where are we going? And we're like, ah. I didn't tell them where we were going. I drove them in Maryville and we pulled up and they're like, are we going to the, we're going to go see Weird Al? And I guess <laughs> 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 you'll see, you know, and he put a great show on. He had the, you know, the fat suit on. He came and sat on my, you know, one of my kids' laps and gave him a little fat lap dance thing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I got to be the cool dad for like a week or whatever, you know. Nice. That was cool. But, you know, they I, I would take kid to go see that. I don't know about like Grand Bonnet and Killer Dwarfs. You know, that's like torture. What I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> she might like the dwarfs, you know, but, you know, I don't know. She's in her TikTok music and shit, you know, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so she only wants to hear 15 seconds of any song instead of an actual whole song. Good at swiping. <laughs> Swipe. Yep. YouTube shorts. If it's not a short, she's not going to watch it. That's so, right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are doing YouTube shorts or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got, it's, a, it's a necessary evil. I mean, I Chris, Chris is a busy, busy fellow when it comes to doing all the production stuff and getting CMS shorts out there as well as the segments and, you know. So we do it all. We're we're doing shorts. We're doing Instagram. We're doing uh, TikTok. We're doing full length. We're doing highlights on Rumble and BitChute and Odyssey and some of that stuff. I don't even know what it is. I am I'm getting old. I'm well, I st- I have to stay up to, up on it because YouTube is constantly on our ass, like the Gestapo on a Jewish guy. So we have to. We have to stay up on it just so that when we get shut down by, by YouTube, we're ready. So if it happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You down all the time. We have we have two strikes as we talk. We have two strikes on our channel right now. We've had over sixty videos taken down by sure. YouTube. Yeah. Oh yeah. Language and yeah. Well, well, the thing is, is that they're doing revisionist language. They're they're taking stuff down of th- something we may have said a decade ago that doesn't fly with today's environment. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, most of the stuff that we get taken down for is between six and ten years old. But they take they All take right. they take it down and they give us a strike for it. Like like we can go back and edit six thousand videos. <laughs> It's like going back to like a, a Three Stooges, you know, piece from, you know, the 1930s and, and, uh, and, you know, sanctioning them because of something that was really racy, but, you know, like yeah. a double meaning or something. And mm-hmm. he, Groucho Marks, little, little, you know, sneaky digs he got in there at the censors. It's like suing the producer. It's, it's like suing the producers of the Little Rascals for hiring practices today. Right. It's like, Jesus Christ, come on, give us a break. That's too bad. It happens. That's why we got all the. That's why. That's why I'm familiar with all the stuff that you've never heard of before. Bitch, you, Odyssey, and all that stuff because we gotta have backups because YouTube blows. I mean, there's there's always something that seems like it's coming out, and I I can't even remember you know what they are. This is the new. Everyone Facebook is moving to use this or whatever, and then nobody. Mm-hmm. Knows that. 
and I don't know why I wasted the space on my, you know, my phone's drive to be <laughs> put put that on there because you know I do a lot of videos now and and uh, you know not just the music thing I'm doing, but you know stuff with my kid and whatever I try to archive her. You know, memories of our good little times together, and uh, sure. you know, but that takes up a lot of space. I don't have a massive hard drive on my cheap ghetto phone, so. <laughs> So, you know, I put it in the cloud, but that takes some planning and, um, yeah, I don't want to put all these different apps on there and then not use it. Like still, I've never spent enough time on Twitter to warrant even having it anymore. I mean, I have an account. I've had it forever, you know, like, I don't know how long, 15 years, maybe Been a minute. Well, Neely could teach you how to get off of social media. Cause he's not on any of it. Nope. Not having it. I was making some videos and sharing them on Snapchat, but they were more like art pieces, you know, I guess, I, you know, I just, just weird stuff with, with music, you know, it didn't really fit with the, the Snapchat thing. And people said, you should put those on TikTok, but now I have a TikTok, but I haven't really done anything with it. Kind of when I have time to, to pull with it. Right. My normal days, uh, uh, you know, a mile a minute of, you know, what the fuck's happening, you know? <laughs> chaos and blindsided and you know things blowing up and phone calls and things in the mail people banging on the door who is that you know hard to get things done well james you uh you know you you came into the studio tonight and i know you wanted to plug your your live stream gigs and so on and so forth and i know that uh you know you've been doing it a long time and you um you know, kind of debuted here on the show, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to let the fans know oh, that's, uh, where where they can you know check you out because I you know I've witnessed your live uh, performances and oh, it's it's pretty enjoyable. <laughs> I hope I got better. I think I did. I was looking at some of my uh, you know test videos that, that I did, and I am like, hey, you know, it's kind of come a long way. You know. You know, vocally, especially, I think has grown a lot, even in the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, musicianship is just, it just, it just happened. I did it to be silly and then it turned into a thing that, you know, that, uh, surprised me. You know, that it could be another, you know, income stream. You know, I, I mean, not rely exclusively on that, but, you know, certainly a fun way to do it. It is fun. It's fun to interact with people and, feed off the crowd's energy if they're digging what i'm doing you know and you're kind of commanding an audience that's a that's a you know nice ego boost i guess it's a, a self-esteem building sure you know in a good way you know i did this people are happy they're buying shots they're putting 50s in my tip jar i didn't even have to play and you know brown eye girl did not have to play it the whole night did not play simple man thank Christ. you know it's one of those things so uh, but yeah, I check it out. I was just, I just wanted to plug the, the, you know, I wanted to do like a collection of these like metal songs that, you know, me and maybe a few people in your listening audience would know, but <laughs> nobody else I know except for that one guy in, uh, Oxford, Indiana named, uh, Ron Childers Jr. He knew, he knew the black and blue and the, um, and the keel and, uh, you know, the Saxon song that I, you know, threw into a, this classic metal set that I just played one afternoon just as I could, you know, and at that point I could do whatever I wanted. Nobody was going to throw empty beer bottles at me or 
tell me I suck and tar and feathered me and run me out of the town. Is this is this the one of James's uh, yeah. live gigs? Cool. Yeah, here we go. Oh no! Ah. I got it from the site. Say that again. Even that's a couple years old. Yeah, this is like two years old. I feel like I've progressed since then. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. Play hey, a little, uh, play a little more. Give people a taste. It's Prince. Yeah. We'll give people a taste. Nothing to do with uh, with classic metal. Nothing so about Prince. He's kind of you, you, you listen to this show enough. Half the time we're talking about yacht rock and shit. So, <laughs> well, there now. Now you're talking. You know. So here we'll next, play a little. Next stream I do will be just a complete collection of yacht rock. Perfect. Got my here's, Rosia. <laughs> here's a little more James right here. But you know, a lot of it's confidence, and some of it just make you, you know, I give a fuck. And some of it's, uh, I, I guess, you know, like especially vocally, I was told by some pro singers, like even Russ Dwarf, you know, had some things to say about it when I was first starting out. And he's like, it's like a, you know, it's a muscle. That's like working out any any other you know, muscle group that you have, and it takes time, and you got to build up scar tissue and let it heal. You know, same same as if you're like, you know, working on your biceps or whatever so um you know he said it takes years and years and years and you gotta do it every day um you know uh i've tried to keep up with it even while not gigging you know in in, uh, different ways so hell even even vince neal has some uh words for you how is that though is it rough uh as you get older to keep because of the type of music uh you guys do obviously to have a younger voice would be a lot better that uh, you get a little older some people kind of lose the pipes it's harder to hit those high notes not, not really you know because like even when i wasn't with uh doing the motley stuff you know i would be touring on my own mm-hmm. and so it's just like working out you know it's, right. uh, it's a muscle it just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger and and um and my voice right now is probably the best it's been in, in you know in many many years so oh, nice. you just got to keep doing it you just uh you stop for a few years and then yeah you're gonna be rusty just like anything else right yeah. So <laughs> Even Vince Neal knows the he, secrets. He concurs. 
<laughs> he doesn't practice at all, but he concurs. <laughs> you know, and some of it's like taking care of yourself. Like I'm, I have a fairly healthy lifestyle. I don't, you know, I'm not a big drinker. Uh, you know, I'll smoke a cigarette once in a while, but I'm not, I, I'm like a social smoker. I'm not, you know, somebody who chain smokes or, or, uh, you know, puts that harshness in, in a, my body, you know, and I like my craft beers. Um, I will drink a Jameson shot sometimes before I perform vocally because that's another thing that like many, many singers have told me, you know, even if you're not a whiskey drinker, drink a shot of whiskey before you go on. Just, it's like something about it. Uh, uh, Russ Dwarf always swore by Jack Daniels, you know, even though when he, when he wasn't drinking, he still did that. It was just, it's not for the alcohol. That's the, um, you know, it's uh, like lubricating effects, I guess. On it's, it wakes it wakes the voice up. I don't know. I stuck with Jameson. <laughs> that's that's my thing, you know, and it, it's noticeable. Like, you know, I, I guess you break through quicker, you know. It takes a while to warm up to your optimum, you know, performance range. And I think it just, like, fast tracks getting you there. I don't know. That's something. It's been a habit. I can sing without doing it first, but I, you know kind of like it kind of my, <laughs> who doesn't in my little shot and that's all i'll do maybe i'll do another one you know but i i don't keep you know pounding on my you get fuzzy and then you get sloppy you know and then you don't look or sound good to your audience so yeah chris chris learned that together. lesson a few years ago <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about because <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> i don't you know I don't want to have one of the, I don't want to be that guy, you know, cause that follows you around too. You know, he's a drunk, you know, what hammered up there, and he, <laughs> you know, he puts on a shitty show and then, you know, he offends everybody and he doesn't tip, you know, yes. <laughs> whatever. I've never heard any of those things about me. I don't, <laughs> you know, the, the catastrophic, uh, um, you know, looping that goes through my head about worst case scenarios and how much worse can it be? <laughs> pretty catastrophic yep perfect all right james well uh we thought uh we'd you know let you come on in hang with us you're welcome to hang the rest of the show if you'd like right. but but we want I got to a live stream to, to do it's going to take me about an hour to prepare myself mentally for it <laughs> all right but uh we we've got your uh facebook uh live stream address up on the screen right now Oh, that's cool. So uh, uh, hopefully I'll pull something off that'll be fun. You know, like I, I did run through some songs, and there's a Keel song, and there's a King Cobra song, and a couple of Killer Dwarf songs I've never done. Terrified to do them in front of people, but you know, right now I'm like, man, fuck, scared. Uh, all right, James, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Since we gave you that, since we gave you an hour's worth of time, Neely's gonna give you a shirt on the way out, which you have to wear on the live stream. A oh, CMS good. shirt. How's that? Oh, do you have size small? I do good it's hard to find men's size smalls anywhere i have to go to the youth department i i shrunk uh, <laughs> from you know having some bad things happen and having to do a lot of walking over the last couple of years intermittently so <laughs> i seem to have gone down you know a, a shirt size it's weird all well, right i found it i i gained it don't worry thank you <laughs> i'm wondering where that went the universe balance everything it does it does. It's the yin and yang. That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I hope you check it out. I hope it's uh, you know, worthy. And uh, you know, if you words. enjoyed, if you enjoyed uh, James's uh, performance on his live stream, uh, you know, throw throw a couple of couple of pennies in the ragu jar, as 
Warren said. 32 of them, exactly. 32 <laughs> pennies. That would be that would be my goal. <laughs> I do have some untold Janie Lane stories. I'm going to have to come back someday and share some of those. I think I think it's time. It's not too soon anymore, is it? No. I don't know. It's been yeah. 15 we'll have, years or whatever, hasn't it? It's been a while. Yeah, they'll be they're, they're good, you know. Cool. We'll come back and share them soon. All right, James. Well, uh, go check out James over at his live stream. Uh, we got the uh, address up there on the uh, on the CMS Chiron, as it were. And it says uh, Facebook.com slash J-A-S-A-Q-U-I. That's it. My login. And, and, and are you that. just doing it on Facebook or are you doing I, on like uh, YouTube I, I, or I something? Don't know. I don't think I can cast on YouTube or go live. Sure on you can. Yeah, you can. Do I have enough followers? Doesn't matter. You'd, I think you need 10 now or something, some little number. I don't even know if I have that. <laughs> you just go, all you have to do, <laughs> Neely, give him my email address and I'll, 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 I'll email you on how to do it. It's real easy. Can I do both? Is yeah. Way to split it. So it's going to like YouTube and Facebook. StreamYard. That's what I'm looking for. That's what you need. Then you get to. We're on right now. We're on one, two, three, four, five, six platforms right now streaming. We're That's streaming cool. to YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey, D Live, uh, CMS Network, and Rumble, all at the same time. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll see what I can do. We got the shit, James. We got the mm-hmm. shit. It'll minimally be Facebook because I've done that before. Easy, <laughs> you're you're limiting yourself. But, you know, if I can do it on YouTube, too, that would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, James. Well, since uh, since you've been a good guest, I'll let, I'll let you pick a departing song and take us out of the segment. Oh. So do you have something you'd like to hear? Any song? Yeah, sure. Wow. Uh, Ambrosia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, Shadow Rider by King Cobra. All right. Why not? Why not? Right. Uh, I think Marcy Free is an Indiana resident as well. So it's sort of like a local a local song. That's uh that's a the uh song on uh one of my bumpers for from for me talking about riding in my car with a naked chick in the past. <laughs> that only happened to me once and I you know, I couldn't get her to wake up. I could figure out <laughs> didn't know where she was or where her car was parked or, or where she lived and i just drove around until she came out of it because there's no waking her up nice all right all right james uh glad you stopped by uh, you, you know the door Thank is always you, open and go check out his live stream and you know throw a little support his way oh no, i appreciate the opportunity to plug a last minute idea that you know it ensures i might not puss out all right <laughs> nice Perfect. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up here and uh, play uh, King Cobra from their Ready to Strike release with uh, Shadow Rider. So, James, thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Chris. All right, brother. Take care, man. All right. Well, here it is. It's uh, King Cobra exclusively here on your classic metal show.